Hello, it's Jonathan Swift, the Content Director of Insurance Post, with the latest episode of the Motor Mouth Podcast. Today, ahead of Motor Insurance World on the 24th of March at Twickenham Stadium, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Tom Clark, Head of Electric Vehicle Strategy, LV General Insurance. Hello, Tom. Hi, Swifty. So, Tom, at the event on the 24th of March, you're going to be presenting uh, the changing way to travel. How will people travel in five years' time? And are insurers ready to offer policies for a new market? Kind of taking that theme on, um, in your opinion, how do you see uh, changes in people's travel impacting motor insurers? It's a really interesting time because there's some huge changes coming along. So the way people travel is changing. Not everyone's choosing to own a car. It's very much dependent on where you live, but particularly in um, urban dense areas like London, Manchester, Birmingham, people are using public transport. They're using um, car share schemes like Enterprise Car Club or Zipcar. Um, so not everyone's choosing to own a car. Um, but again, it, that's very dependent on where you live. If you live somewhere more rural, smaller towns, the car is still really important. And the big change we've got coming is obviously electrification of um, vehicles. So the government announced they're going to bring forward the ban on the uh, internal combustion engine for new sales in 2035. Grant Shapps has come out and said 2032. Um, but when you look globally, that could be even sooner. So Norway are banning the sale from 2025, some Chinese cities from 2030. Uh, at local government level, we're seeing um, Bristol banning diesel cars, potentially going into the city centre. Uh, there's a road in London, so Beach Street uh, will be banning um, petrol and diesel cars um, later this year. And you've got the likes of Oxford, Edinburgh, Glasgow, all looking at zero emission um, cities. So what that means is we're going to see this huge adoption of electric cars over the next five to ten years um, because we have to go zero emission to meet the 2050 net zero target that the government has set. So from an insurer's point of view, you know, are you ready for electric cars? Um, thinking about the proposition, thinking about the supply chain, thinking about the repair of these vehicles, because at the moment only about 5% of uh, repairs in the UK are certified to repair electric cars. You need different skills, different qualification, and you also need to have different tools. So you need to have things like insulated gloves, insulated uh, matting, be able to charge the car, discharge the car. My favourite, you need an insulated hook to pull someone <coughs> off a car should they uh, have electrocuted themselves. So, you know, from an insurer's point of view, have you got that capability in the repair network? You know, there's still some insurers that aren't insuring these cars. So they're coming. They're only small now. There's only about 100,000 pure electric cars on the road. But when you start to include plug-in hybrids, you're into the hundreds of thousands. Um, and it's only going to increase from there. Another subject is obviously um, getting a lot of attention is the uh, increasing automation of vehicles. How do you think insurers are adapting to the kind of increasingly automated vehicles out or there on the roads? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a really good area again where if you look at, for example, I remember going to conferences four or five years ago. And we talked around the fact that autonomous self-driving cars were going to be here in 2021, 2022. That's probably not going to be happening now. We're probably talking for, you know, the full self-driving Hollywood sci-fi car is, is probably five, ten years away minimum. But what I think we will see is um, this increase in ADAS. We're seeing more and more automated emergency braking, lane keep assist, things like the Nissan ProPilot, Tesla Autopilot, these high automation systems coming more online, getting cleverer and cleverer. So I think what you will see is, for example, you drive around your car and let's say you're doing London to Cardiff. You drive out of London, you go on car got on the M4 going to Cardiff and you put it onto autonomous mode and then it's more or less driving itself 
uh, until you get to Cardiff and you come off the motorway there and take control. So for insurers, that's really interesting because first off, we've got to understand if the car has a crash, who's driving? Is it the car or is it the uh, driver? Um, so we need to work with manufacturers, get that data out of the car to understand that. But equally, where you've got so many sensors on these cars, you can have you know potentially a dozen cameras, uh, you have all this data. So actually understanding who is at fault in terms of you're insured or the third party should become much simpler. So in terms of that customer experience, that should be quite an easier journey. But it does also mean from that claims point of view, insurers need to really think about the repair of the car and the calibration of the sensors. You know, there's been a learning curve. Um, repairers, insurers have gone on on these calibration of the ADAS systems now, making sure these cameras, radar, ultrasonic sensors are all calibrated correctly. At the moment, you might be only talking one, two or three sensors. You could be talking dozens of sensors in these cars going forward. Um, if you look at a, a top Tesla, you're talking about maybe eight to ten cameras, ultrasonic sensors, radar, and then some of these systems could have LiDAR in. So how do we go about calibrating all these different sensors on a car? Um, that's going to be really important to think about going forward. So, um, Tom, there's obviously a lot of change happening at the moment, and as you're going to indicate, there's a lot more change coming down the road. With this in mind, what kind of emphasis needs to be put on the customer offering and the customer journey in this new world? I think... As an insurance industry, we've been really great at selling products, um, whether you want a fleet product or a car insurance for your personal lines product. We're really good at products. What we haven't been good at is understanding what the customer need is and really going, what is the customer need and how do we serve that need? Uh, so, um, for example, I'm going to give a, a shameless self-plug. Uh, LV, we launched our electric car insurance products um, in April last year. One of the first insurers to have something designed specifically for electric car owners, and we still are. And what's different is we looked at what the customer need is, and we broke it down into two bits. So we want to support adoption. So what are the concerns for those people that are looking to buy an electric car? One of the key things was, well, if I'm really worried, I'm going to run out of charge before I get to where I want to get to. So therefore, we included um, cover. So if you run out of charge, we'll take to the nearest charge point as standard. For those that have already got an electric car, they're really concerned about the fact that, well, if I have a crash and have a claim, you're going to put me in a petrol or diesel hire car. My life is built around an electric car. So again, we went, okay, well, if you choose to have a hire car, you have a claim, we'll put you in an electrified one. So really going back to that first principle, what is the customer need? And therefore, they can see the benefit because, let's be honest, insurance is a grudge purchase when it comes to a car insurance. So how can we show the customer there's that benefit? So what we need to do for, for all kind of motor insurance is go back to those kind of first principles. Where can the insurer provide a service or add value to their customer beyond the core? We're covering you for the, the RTA liability and those aspects of it. So Tom, you've already mentioned about the changing face of car ownership models, and this is gonna be part of your presentation at Motor Insurance World. In terms of, you know, leasing, pay-to-drive models, is, is there a gradual shift here or is it much more kind of is it happening quicker? So it's definitely um, changes happening slightly quicker, but we've seen this big change initially where more leasing is happening. So PCP is the most popular way to um, buy your car now. We're now seeing these kind of car subscription models, so the likes of Drover, where it's a fixed monthly price, and that's your car, your insurance, your maintenance, and you just add your fuel or you just charge it, and there's no kind of big hefty deposit to worry about. I'm not worried about the depreciation. If I want to change the car in four or five months, I can do. So that goes to that kind of flexibility point, um, and that works for, quite, for some people. 
And then we're seeing the, as I spoke to earlier, the, the kind of shared um, options. So your enterprise car clubs, your zip car, those types of shared mobility options. Um, and they're all having an impact. But I think the shared mobility will be more in big cities. It's not going to work in town and rural areas. Car um, subscriptions, again, will be probably more urban areas uh, where you might only need a car for six months. We are seeing new car sales fall. So we're still over, over 2 million, though, uh, last year of new car sales. So there's still a healthy market there. People are still going to be buying cars. So whilst uh, motor insurers need to be aware of those changes, it is going to have an impact uh, potentially in the long term, probably more from autonomous fleets when they come online. But again, that insurance premium is probably going to shift from personal lines to commercial lines rather than disappearing entirely. And also it provide opportunities. There'll be new products and services coming on board. So the likes of, you know, Drover, um, EVZ, these car subscription um, models will all need insurance. The zip cars, the enterprise car clubs all need insurance. These new models will mean there'll all be kind of new opportunities for insurers. So Tom, uh, with everything that you've said, and obviously uh, the environmental issues and green issues are very much at the forefront at the moment, how do you feel insurers can position themselves to be at the forefront of a change for a more sustainable future and, and the alternatives to things like petrol fueled vehicles? I think insurers have to be. I mean, we've seen um, outside of the motor insurance space, we've seen, for example, a lot of insurers pulling out of coal, so they're not going to insure coal plants. Um, insurers have got a huge opportunity in the new propositions they can offer to support adoption. We're going to see new forms of transport um, that could look at from an insurance point of view. So for example, electric bikes, what's the insurance proposition there? Electric scooters aren't legal yet in the UK, although you see them quite a lot in London, um, but they will be legalised at some point. So what's the insurance proposition there? Because it's a whole new kind of market. So how do we support that adoption and drive that adoption? But also thinking holistically about um, us as insurers, what can we do? So, you know, the insurance industry has a huge amount of assets under management. Where is that being invested? Really kind of looking at your portfolio. How are you supporting kind of that green agenda? And then thinking about you as a company. So are you um, supporting people to use electric cars to come to work, public transport, cycling, um, or are you promoting kind of petrol and diesel cars? Or do people even have to come to work at all? Can they work from home? What are the kind of initiatives you can build around that um, so that people haven't got to travel? And equally between sites, a lot of insurers have got multiple sites. Are you supporting um, travel between sites or are you promoting video conferencing? So there's loads of things that um, insurers can look to do in their propositions, in their supply chain and with their um, staff that can help that kind of green agenda. Well, Tom, thank you very much. I look forward to hearing your presentation on the 24th of March at Twickenham. Thanks for having me. Um, If you want to attend the motor insurance event on the 24th of March, then please go to the website now and sign up as places are becoming scarcer. I look forward to seeing you there. Cheerio. Cheerio.